They're 95. They got 95 wins. Yeah, so, they do. Jeez. You know, teams that are good at winning. That's a lot. With, well, but with two weeks to go, I mean, they could lose on out, and like that's a really good season. They'll probably win. You know, they'll, how many of the games they got left? I don't know. Probably about a dozen. Whatever. I mean, yeah, about a dozen. So they could be 105. That's incredible. Yeah, it should be 15 games Jeez. left. So, that, so uh, welcome to the Rangers Rundown, folks. Uh, you've just been treated to a behind-the-curtains look at existential dread, which is what happens when either any of us stumble across the Astros baseball reference page and realize that uh, three-win catcher Robinson Chirinos is the ninth most valuable Astro, ahead of Carlos Correa. Yeah. So... Yeah, and behind the guy that was a midseason call-up that <laughs> is a rookie. Like, yeah, yeah uh, if you live under a rock and don't know who Jordan Alvarez is, um, what's your rock's address? I would be interested in filling out an application because I don't want to know who Jordan Alvarez is because that guy irritates me. He's too Already. good at baseball. They should ban him. Yeah. <laughs> Executive order. No, they should just... Yeah, the, uh, there needs to be a uh, Manfred's going to step in, and he's going to just place Alvarez on, like, the Royals or something. No, go with, like, a medium team. Put him on... I'm trying to think of a good one here. There's only good and bad teams right now. I What's know. the problem? Everything's so... Yeah, that's, that's well, a state of baseball There are some, like, medium teams, Whoops. but they're usually cursed one way or another. So it's like the Mets. That's an average team, but they're the Mets, so right. no. Hey, we're the an Mets. average team. Hey, we're yeah. an average team. Yeah, with, with, with the win tonight, we could be a 500 team, right? Hey, look, no bias. I think it would just be the most fair to baseball if Jordan Alvarez became a Ranger. Yeah, and we'll send. He already him, lives um, in Texas. <laughs> we'll send him Jeff Mathis. He doesn't even have to change his uh, dang insurance, like tax forms. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just make him How a convenient. Blue Jay. The Blue Jays are no longer allowed to field players over the age of 25. They can only field sons of former major leaguers up to any yeah. age or players under 25. New rule. I'd watch that. Well, as long as we're making up rules, why don't we just uh, go ahead and move the Astros back over to the National League? Move the Astros to the Mexican League. I don't care if they win every season. I just don't want to have to Quintana Roo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, the Astros are allowed to play, they only play in the Dominican Summer League now. They win every game 36-2. <laughs> to two. Oh, Did you no. see that the Astros beat the A's like fifteen nothing, and then turn around and lost to them twenty one to seven? Oh my gosh! Oof, baseball we'll is the that dumbest right now. sport. <laughs> Jeez, that's how baseball go. I I think I saw an up there in that game. It was the I think the Astros won like fifteen nothing two yeah. days ago, and then the yeah. A's were up fifteen nothing in like the a couple innings in, or they were up by fifteen yesterday. Um, they weren't nice. up fifteen nothing, but they were up by fifteen, and so it's like this has never happened before. Nice on, double by Deliner right here. Yeah. Little gapper. Yeah, I'm ahead of Little you guys. Gapper. Yeah. Oh, we get Brendan McKay again. I didn't even notice. That's cool. We got his uh, major league debut. He's been fine. Uh, yeah, elevated ERA, but, you know, two-way guy. He's been really interesting. McKay is fine. This, this, I was going through this recently. There's actually a bunch of... Uh, um, not a bunch, but several two-way players who are in the upper minors right now for a variety of teams, and that's really cool. So I hope to kind of uh, continue to see that going forward. I have a couple of things from around the league that I, I put notes in here about being really cool that I wanted to go over. Uh, I'm sure this is 
old news to a lot of folks listening, but we had some fun, weird, only in baseball do you see stupid stuff like this stats uh, this week with the Seattle Mariners hitting a record of 1995 and 2019 since the year 1995. The same day that Bruce Bochy got the same record. Yeah. What, yeah. What are the odds? Of, that's well, the I mean, official I guess the number like, of games, but what? I mean, <laughs> the, that's that's a very fun burst stat right there. That that's like the peak. Yeah, it's really, it's the, really the, wild. the the quantity of those numbers and the improbability is. I mean, that's like a um, I don't know uh, Chris Davis with a K betting two forty seven every year, or um, he's not going to do that again this year, though, right? Was it? Um, there's a a player in the Hall of Fame who he, uh, he had the same number of hits on the road as home. I think it was uh, Stan Musial. Or how about uh, Prince and Cecil Fielder both ending with the exact same number of home runs? Yeah, that one's, that one's always going to be super wild to me. But baseball's like that. You can find stuff like that. Remember how cool it was when when the Angels they had that no hitter their first game at home after uh, Tyler Skaggs passed away and all the all the fun numbers were, that were there. Oh yeah. That yeah. kind of lost some of its shine, I guess. Eh, I don't think so. Yeah, moment's cool. The, the grief Certainly and, not for and the, the, the sacredness is real. It, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, that's just a sad story all the way around, and um, it's yeah, I I wonder what kind of a conversation that's going to spark. You know, how is baseball going to use it? They they've taken some bad things that have happened in the past and tried to turn them into positive conversations. You know, this is putting a spotlight on something that a lot of people are pretty intimately familiar with all around the country. Right. So that the fact that this is happening to a wealthy, you know, on the up and up uh, young man with a national profile, like a major league starting pitcher, uh, you, know, you, you hope that it kind of fuels the fire of conversations that really should have been going on for a long time. So. Yeah, it's, well, if you want to go good. down that road, I mean, yeah. the opioid crisis overall and mm-hmm. and the way that the different sports franchises have, have dealt with players playing in pain in the NFL, for example. And, oh, yeah. You know, you can, you can get suspended a year for smoking pot, even though it's a gazillion times... Uh, better it's, for you than taking it's legal opioids. in certain states. Like, yeah, right. It's better than the, doing the vaping, Seahawk, too, apparently. The Seahawks players can't, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the only, th- it's their job policy rather than, like, an actual law, but it's treated as a law mm-hmm. within the, you know, with the Shield and Roger Goodell and stuff. Ooh, Willie Calhoun it's rocking on. the shorts over the knees tonight. Love it. Willie. Good transition. <laughs> <laughs> figured I'd mention it while I was there. But hey, Colby Allard gets the start tonight, looking for his fifth win in his professional career. Yep. He's just continuing to do Colby Allard things, and uh, that'll make him only 295 victories away from the hall. So There you go. <laughs> hey, I saw that um, Chris Martin of the Braves had an immaculate inning the other day. So nice. Cool. Braves totally won the trade. Mecca in the inning is that's uh, nine pitches, all strikes, three strikeouts, correct? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, I hope Chris Martin discontinues the shove. I went over his numbers briefly the last time we talked. Uh, you know, striking everybody out, knocking up walks, ERA was high, but it looked like it was basically a couple of fluky innings. You know how reliever ERAs are. Uh, mm-hmm. So I hope he continues pushing that the Braves make a good playoff run. 
because it would be it would just be nice to have a World Series that isn't some combination of like Dodgers, Astros. <laughs> it won't be the Red Sox. That's nice. It's uh, well, yeah. and I'd like to continue to be a, a trade partner with the Braves. I want them to be happy with the what we were able True. to give them. Yeah, because Chris Martin keeps kicking ass. They've got lots lots of stuff in the and arsenal. They can keep coming next year and yes. take some more pitchers off their hands. They got too many. And we'll give them Chavez. Yeah. Yeah, he just had surgery, right? He did. Yes. Uh, like today or yesterday, some yeah. A couple surgeries in sports ball. He said, going on. said he's Shohei be, Tani is out for the rest of the year as well with a surgery. Yeah, Chavez will be out. I think I heard eight weeks, and he'll be ready to go. So yeah, he should be come February. He's just all good. Otani had knee surgery. He should be fine for spring training. Christian Yelich, of course, um, mm. one of the, the big three in the National League MVP race. Um, in really gross fashion, broke his kneecap, fouling the ball off of it. I've never That's seen that angle, brutal. quite that angle. It was just bizarre. Yeah. That was Usually a, if it's the knee, it's like the, it's like the inside part of the knee or something yeah, like that. But this was like, like... Bone bruises or something like that. You don't get blah. Yeah. It was that, hard to watch. It was yeah. Really nice. um, but yeah, he's going to be out the rest of the year. Um, I think I saw today that it's not going to require major surgery, though, which is good. That's good. That's good. He should be fine to start the season. Yeah, so. I mean, he's he's, he's fully he's fully submitted himself for the last year and a half, and I mean, it's not like he was anything bad before the last year and a half, but I mean, the stretch that he's on is like uh, <laughs> uh, incredible, be, beyond MVP. I mean, it's like it's Trout Division. Yeah, I mean, he's just doing it, bonkers. It, and it's it's, it's incredible that the National League has t- it easily two, but I think you can make a case for three players. But um, you know, my top two picks over there, Yelich and uh, Bellinger, mm-hmm. that you you can't really just look at one of those and say that's your MVP. When you take that season, you put that in most years in baseball, and you're like, oh yeah, of course, that guy's got to be the MVP, right? It's like, well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> but that's fun. I mean, it is usually good. The MVP race is always kind of fun. There's always some random guy doing incredible stuff in any season in the history of the sport. If you yeah. just go through your MVP list, you always come across a guy like you haven't heard of before who had an insane year in you know 1970, whatever. But uh, uh, definitely not great for the sport to lose Yelich, and awful for the Brewers too, who are still in uh, an area where they, they were really relying on Yelich to be a part of that team for the rest of the season. Yep. And let me just get this in because I had it pulled up here. Uh, you're talking about Big Three and National League and stuff like that. Uh, does not include the man that got a 13-year contract uh, this offseason. He is destined for um, yet another season with an OPS under 900 as he is paid to be uh, the best player of all time. Bryce Harper? Like five times over. Yeah. What are you talking about? I, I, yeah. He was in the Big Three for me. Really? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's. I think you're pretty clear. His three, uh, his three point six wars is in your top three players in the National League. Of course, who else did you put over him? I mean, you can't even think of one. Look at you. What's Look Machado what a fool doing? You are. What's Machado yeah. doing? Uh, he's doing fine. He's good. Man, Manny, be good, yo. Uh, but no, yeah, Bryce Harper certainly not. At this point, really bring that big value. Of course, though, with his crazy long deal, his his AAV is at a point where he doesn't need to provide ultra star value to actually still be a pretty decent deal. Um, but I think the Phillies are are hoping for more from uh, from Bryce. Well, he's got to win a couple of MVPs. I think they would like has that. To. Has to. I I think that they're hoping. 
<laughs> that, that's I'm hoping the, case. That the Rangers players win MVPs and that Lance Lynn <laughs> is a Cy yeah. Young and whatever. I don't know, but I I don't have like three hundred million dollars riding on that hope. So but that's I, I, true. Yeah, I I just like. Man, this. I did want to talk about though between Lance Lynn and Mike Miner. Uh, go back. We use our that that gimmick we love so much on this show. Go back in time, pick a year, uh, and tell yourself in that year that the Rangers are going to have two of the three best pitchers in baseball in a season uh, and that we would be miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, as of starts yesterday, I think it's when I looked at these numbers, um, Mike Miner is the most valuable pitcher in baseball by by Mm -hmm. B-War, War on Baseball Reference, and Lynn is third, uh, and Lynn is closer to Justin Verlander, who is second, than Verlander is to minor by a tenth of a win, but still it counts. Right. Um, how is Texas bad? <laughs> Two of the three best pitchers in baseball. Well, uh, the the closer got cursed again, or or, or just like continued in the li- lineage of cursedness. Um, I mean, that's what five six losses right there. Like in early season, our MVP got hurt mid season. Uh, our best hitting prospect didn't get regular at bats until after the All Star break. Um, Which our best hitting prospect did we screw over? Are you referring to Willie Calhoun yes, or sir. Nick Solak? Of course, yes. No, no Nick Solak. came up almost immediately. Yeah. 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 Uh, our our cornerstone right fielder is um, neither like, a cornerstone nor a right is, fielder, but no, I'm Tish. Right. Uh, the second baseman that. When he's on, but our is other like cornerstone is again neither of those things. Right, right. Like I mean, like uh, like Tepid had said that Rugi's a, a Rule Seven player when he's on. Like he isn't. He's a League All Star, um, or however that translates. But I mean, when he's off, I mean it, it's yeah, you he's can't replace been a it. Stud. We've the, seen the good Rugi door, and it's incredible. Yeah. So there's that. Elvis hasn't been as good as he's been when he with the leg kick and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean that's how it, that's how it goes. Uh, your first baseman that surprised you with his competency at the plate uh, ended up earning a demotion. Uh, you in, replaced the best one of the best offensive catchers in the game with the, one of the worst hitters of all time. I mean that's how it happens. And there's a gaping hole at third base. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to talk. You lose about a bet at third base. Third base. Um, there is a pretty good bet that went on at the beginning of the season. Obviously, we'll get into that later, but. <laughs> the Rangers have been experimenting quite a bit with Nick Solak at third, and yeah. if if they continue to believe in his glove at third base, that would be huge for Texas next season. Uh, his best oh, yeah. defense position is, is second. That, I mean, my understanding of him when he came over, just from like having read, I read top 100 prospect lists, and I, I try to keep up with other farm systems, but I'm definitely not an expert. My understanding of Solak had always been that he was a multi-positional, like, decent defender. And then he kind of got slagged, I guess, early this season. A lot of folks were like, yeah, he's not a good glove. He's got a crap arm. He's really a second baseman, left fielder. He's Willie Calhoun, but more athletic, but still not a good defender. And I, it's clearly it's somewhere in between those things. Texas has been willing to experiment with him at third base. Uh, it's a season that they're not contending, so that's okay. But if, if they really believe that he can be a more or less everyday third baseman over there, that does a lot to try and address this roster going into next season. It means you don't need to sign a stopgap player. If you can get you know Rendon, you, you do that. You don't let Nick Solak maybe playing third base stand the way it's on a superstar. But 
I think we've all discussed how that's almost certainly not going to happen. Pipe dream. Yeah. I'm going to keep that pipe dream going because no one can tell me not to. You're not my supervisor. But, uh, yeah, Nick Solak, probably your 2020 Rangers opening day third baseman. And that's interesting. And I think it's good. I'm not so sure I feel that that great about it. I mean, we know that's not where he's going to fit long term. Uh-huh. So he seems to be the prospect with one of the broadest futures that's currently on this roster, him oh, and Calhoun. Yeah. And why would you want to retard his growth where he's not getting reps at the position or positions where he's really going to earn his living? Uh, I, I think you're way better off cutting bait with Odor and going ahead and, and giving Solak all of his opportunities there at second base. That, that's just my opinion. Um, I, I just I, I don't like the idea. I mean, it just reminds me of trying to make a super utility infielder out of Profar. I think we did not do him any favors by just running him all over the diamond. Now that he's got a sure position with the A's, the latest reports are that he's starting to figure things out defensively. Well, good. And it's because he's getting the reps where he needs to get the reps. That's just my opinion. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> it is. I, that's what I said. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that... that conversation... Hold on. I would also like to just note that you are a noted um, Odor apologist okay, before so, yeah, you get so we started. Have... Yeah, it's like when news reports have to like disclose like this report on Ford Motor Company. Like we are funded by Ford Motor, like whatever. Uh, yeah. So uh, taking that out of it though, uh, if if you if you don't have a third baseman and you don't have one in the upper minors currently, and you know, and you can say it's if still that can play there, then that's like a found that's found value. Uh, especially because it's not like you're taking him out of a position of strength. Like all, all of the stuff that I've heard from, from management and, and from the people who make the decisions is that so like at second base, he can be totally fine. It reminds me of Kinsler, maybe some of the conversations about him and like the, the way that his glove was graded. I, 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 that's not a comparison or anything, but I just remember hearing similar things about that. And he got to the point where he was absolutely not a liability at second base. He didn't, you know, he he ended up being completely competent uh, and and a cornerstone of the team. So that's kind of where we're working with. So it's not like you're taking a gold glover, you know, and trying to fit this round peg into a square hole. You know, if it works, then that's cool, and that's what September's for when you're you know hovering around 500. But that's just my opinion. I I, I don't think it would really be detrimental in terms of jerking so like around if you say this is our third baseman he's going to play third base um i don't think that it's quite the same situation as Profar, where they were you know because he was getting a lot of time in like left field left, remember that left field thing to start the year and what was it 2015 yeah. it was him rua and God. somebody else it was just robinson like, no because no, we had um there was that one guy who played three games and then got dfa'd it wasn't. It wasn't Justin Ruggiano. He he it only was played Ruggiano. opening. Was it really? Yeah, he, he, he started the game. season and played like 
Yeah, I think he, he was in the opening he series. He, no, he literally played opening day, and that yeah, was Yeah, he it. didn't play the other two games because he was think, he's a right-handed hitter, and they had righty starters. Yeah, I couldn't remember. But I, I want to say that was Justin yeah. Ruggiano that year, and then Rua, and that was all kind of a nightmare. I think if, yeah. if the team thinks that Selak is capable of being a major league third baseman, which, you know, the jury's still out. He's only played, like, five games there. I've I've watched, you know, a couple of them. It's, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I can evaluate a guy's third base defense watching a couple of games half-assed from my couch. That's uh, that's not my job. We'll get Kevin on here to give us the, the deets, I guess. But if they think they can do that and you just say, look, you're going to be the third baseman, that's your job. Just go out there and do it. You're going to be in the lineup every day. You are a starting player. I really don't think it's quite the same thing. I think that would be fine. Um, and, Mike, to your point, I Hayden, you can just go ahead and take your headphones off if it's going to make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I think the Rangers probably should move on from Rignet Odor and give Nick Solak second base, but they're not going to. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I would be shocked. I I would be stunned. I, I, I want them would, to, but I would be I, stunned. I I wouldn't be that surprised. Like I, I it it would definitely be a, a point where when I get that notification, I'm going to drop what I'm doing and try to read everything I can and get all this reaction. We'll probably record a podcast. Hey, but so, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I mean, again, look at what management has been saying. I mean, Woodward in his press conferences has, like, basically told him that he's playing for his job, like, yeah. to the public. Yeah, so, but we haven't actually I, seen any evidence of that in terms of the lineup or the actual I mean, game, there's no, so. I don't think that you can threaten a guy's position and his, his uh, you know, his future with the franchise and then put him on the bench. I mean, what? just let him play out the string. Like, like you, you say, you say, all right, here, uh, public knowledge, Rugi, you're playing for your job. Now go play every day. You know what I mean? You can't just that like. That seems weird. That, no, that's to- no, that's how you got to do it. You give it. You're you're saying this is your last chance, right? That's that's essentially part of the dynamic that's going on. You can't if you're giving somebody a last chance, you have to actually give them that chance. Oh, I agree with that, 100. percent Yeah, Rugi needs to play. I'm I'm talking about next year. I, yeah, I just, right, right. If if they determine that. Yeah, rookies a lost cause. Then why, why try to shoehorn Solak over at third and continue right. to run Rookie out there? Because I mean, that's that kind of performance that doesn't just wear on the fans. That wears on the team. I mean, I know they all love the guy, but he's just an automatic out a lot of the time, and it's just it's really frustrating. Except for when he hits three run bombs to flip the scoreboard. <sighs> yeah, he's fixed. You're right. Pop the chain. <laughs> what a stupid run to give up here. Just little blinks. Also, uh, Matt Duffy of the Rays looks a lot like Carlos Tochi, and uh, it it triggered me bad. <laughs> I did not care for that. So yeah, we've talked about Solak a bunch. He continues to be very good. I've mm-hmm. started seeing his name pop up in like national level things where folks are talking about the hot start. He, I mean, he's had almost a hundred at bats at this point. Um, he's batting like three forty something. Yep. He's and he's hitting for power. He's getting on base. Like he's, it's not just the batting average, but oh yeah, his on base is almost five hundred. It's like four fifty the last time I saw. It's crazy. It's two numbers. What what. Uh, the only way I think Texas can really screw up what they've got offensively is if they don't find a way of making sure that Willie Calhoun and Nick Solak are, uh, you know, barring injury, starting 150 games next year. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, if Texas does not address the roster in such a way that those two guys start 300 games, barring injury, uh, you need to have a serious conversation about what your front office is doing. Yeah. Because they you know, did not get – you mentioned it earlier, Hayden. They did yeah. not get Calhoun in this lineup until it became just painfully obvious that he needed to be up there, and he's done yeah. very little but rake. He's He's been so good. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's awesome because, and, and you know, go back to our earlier episodes, I didn't really care too much about Willie. Um, he didn't show a ton in the major leagues, and I didn't read too much into the attitude issues. I just thought that his, his prospect status was overrated because he didn't have a lot of competition around him. But he's done, he's proved me wrong. He's a, for sure, I mean, he's a regular for the Rangers next year and going forward. Like, And he's not, a, he's not a defensive liability anymore. I mean, he's, he's yeah. not... He's not drawing the shields, but but he's playing the position fine. And I read a soundbite from Woodward where he's basically saying, "Yeah, he's he's improved the arm, he's improved his speed, and he's going to do more in the off season. He's going to get even better." Yeah, all the arrows are pointing up for that guy. Yep. Um, Yep. My understanding of him by the advanced stats is that he's basically playing an okay left field. He's he's not hurting. In the outfield, like you said, he's he's not ever going to be a particularly uh, effective defender. Doesn't have That's a great fine. arm. He's got very major league baseball is littered with guys that yeah. you can describe exactly like that. Yeah, I mean, if you can play left field at an average level, if you're not giving away value in the field and you're putting that kind of value in from the bat that Willie Calhoun is, you are a, a, a rich a baseline man baseline. You're a rich man. Player. Yeah, yeah. Yep. you're going to be fine. Um, and I mean. I think we, we have not seen any of these hand wringing articles about is Willie Calhoun's attitude wrong? You know, is he handling things wrong? Like, I haven't seen a single thing about him. He seems to be well liked. Everything seems to be coming fine out of the clubhouse now. He's not, you know, they're not getting these breathless articles wondering if he's pouting about stuff because he's playing every day and he's producing value. He's, he improved his defense. The team asked him to lose weight, get in better shape, and learn to play left field, and he did that. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen over one year, but it happened. He put in the work. He's continued to hit, and now he can play a slightly above average. According to Baseball Reference, at least, they they don't love his defense, but they like it. There are definitely worse outfielders, and there are worse guys who are still palatable in the outfield. He is more than just like, okay. There might be a worse outfielder on this team. Oh, there is... There are absolutely there's at least two <laughs> on this team who play a lot, and one of them needs to be playing most of the time next year for the Rangers in and that's Nashville. probably Shinsu Chu. Uh, unless you unless you really think that the trade market is suddenly going to materialize for Shinsu Chu this off season in ways that it hasn't in the last couple of years, if you're picking between Chu and Mazzara, which guy you want on this team next year, I think I know which one I want. Uh, yeah. Give me Chu. Uh, Give me Chu. Not the guy named after Garcia Para. He, he's not. He's named after his father. But it's the same mechanism as <laughs> Neomar Garcia Parr. It's Ramon backwards. That's funny. I, uh, the team has some very hard decisions to make about two beloved clubhouse guys who've been part of this organization since they were 16 years old, who have been members of the big league team since they before they were able to drink, um, who haven't improved their hitting since before they were able to drink. And that sucks. And it's hard, and hard decisions are an unfortunate part of the game. But 
Texas needs to make those calls because you you just can't carry a roster in the next year that consists of this many floating parts where you're sacrificing at bats from guys like Calhoun and Solak um, to keep floating out there dudes who can't keep an OBP over 300. Yeah, I think it, it sends a really bad message to the fans if you continue. I mean, they've, they've done it far too long already, but to continue that into next year with the new park, oh, I think that's just an awful message. Yeah. What kind of an, it's an investment problem. I mean, I think there's going to be some cracks in that clubhouse because we are starting to see players coming up and joining this team who were not on that AZL Hickory Frisco trip with Joey Gallo, Rigonador, No Moment Sorry. That was the that's the core of the Rangers farm over the last couple of years. Um, but we're we're seeing some comparisons on the farm now. There hasn't been a, a team as good in the AZL for Texas as the team that had all those kids on it. What's Five years ago? I think it was 14? More than that. Uh, yeah, it's probably about 12 or 13. Yeah, because 14 was the hickory season. It was so crazy. I think it was 12 or 13. Yeah. Um, you know, this this year's AZL team looked like that. This year's hickory team was also incredibly promising. Um, we've got a new crop of younger kids, but the guys who are on the team now, Willie Calhoun and Nick Solak, as just the most prominent, these dudes did not come up with Gallo and Guzman and Mazzara. They're here to take people's jobs, man. You've got some different folks coming through, and you can't just you can't keep trotting out the guys that came out through the system together in the face of potentially more interesting roster decisions. Yeah, yeah. You you no. can't let Nomar Mazzara get in the way of even as we said earlier, you're likely not to sign Anthony Rendon, but you don't want to have some like, well, maybe Mazzara will be up above a 95 OPS plus hitter next year. We don't really need to go after this guy. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Ugh. Well, speaking of those those uh, young guys and stuff, they are going to make their way to Texas pretty soon. Which yes, is, they are. Yes, there's some yes. kind of Christmas present. I don't know whose decision it was. If it's Jace Tingler, JD, whoever, I don't know. But uh, it's a very good decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoever uh, was there a genius? Give yeah. us the deets. Yeah, Mike. Yes. So um, this is called the Futures Camp, and um feverishly trying to pull up some some names here so i'm not going to go through the entire roster um i did put together what i would consider what i would put together as the roster the the active roster for this team and it's it's uh it's pretty salty you could have sam huff at catcher uh curtis terry at first base i don't even know how to pronounce is it franier chavez from meal uh, i think okay I don't know. Franier. It's Franier Chavez. Yeah. Okay. You're thinking of uh, Franmil Reyes. He's uh, with uh, Cleveland now. Who also kicks ass, so he's a good yeah. person to know. But yeah, Franier Chavez. Uh, you got Josh Young at third base. Jonathan Ornelas at shortstop. Ooh, yes. Yes. Julio Pablo Martinez in right. Leody in center. Uh, Pedro Gonzalez in left. And then I just, for grins, had Shirt and Apostle as the DH. Uh, Cole Wynn is a starting pitcher with Demarcus Evans coming in as your closer. That's that's so great to see those big names across all levels coming together. Uh-huh. They're going to be playing, um, I believe it's six games against all college teams. Um, they're going to play, I think it's four games in Frisco and two games at the ballpark. God, that's yeah. cool. And <laughs> that's so cool. It's, it's, it's Christmas in September. It, it's so exciting. Um, I'm going to go out. college teams are they playing? They're playing uh, two against Tech. They're playing um, I hope TCU. I against Tech. 
It yeah, would be, it would be a, a, a war. I bet crime he does. If he that would be get cool. to play against his old team. Uh, they'll be playing TCU, uh, Dallas Baptist University. Um, I think one of them was West Texas A and M. I might be leaving one out, but um, very cool. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And what's what's even more cool is that uh, there's gonna be a game on October first. So this will be after the Rangers season has ended. Um, you don't but- know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. But um, it's it's going to be uh, free admission, free parking. I mean, it, it's such a fan so friendly awesome. thing that they're doing. And again, just to see guys that, that that we've read about for a couple of seasons now, and getting to see them in f- person for the first time is just oh, a yeah. thrill. I hope this is really well oh, supported awesome. yeah. by the fans because I want them to yeah. do this every year. It's it's going to make me very sad if nobody shows up and they say, "Eh, we give it a try." And it, are some it goes of the college away. games I mean, going to be in yeah. the ballpark? Uh, the, the Texas Tech games are going to be at the ballpark. See, and that's also super cool. Like, given, especially, like you said, uh, I think West Texas A&M, getting them to play in a ballpark as nice as Frisco's or getting any college players the chance to play in a big league park under the lights, that's pretty awesome, too. Oh, yeah. They, that know, should bring up the Tech fans for the for overwhelming game. majority of college yeah. ball players never see even double A. Um, and so that's, that's really – I always love – get on the biggest stage that you can. Now, I live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and the high school football championships are split every other season. They play either at Bryant-Denny in Tuscaloosa or Jordan-Hare in Auburn. So you get all these high school kids from the 1A schools up to the 6As. You get kids who are never going to play D3 ball. You know, they're, they're at 1A Christian schools in very tiny counties, and they get to play in a 101,000-seat stadium with the same sound system, the same lights as the kids who are going out there not getting paid but making billions of dollars for my university. That's awesome, and it's mm-hmm. it, that's just as yeah. cool for twenty-year-olds as it is for fourteen-year-olds. It's just it's just good to give those kids a taste. I mean, the the, the good for the players, the futures of the, of the organization. You know, these so guys cool for the fans. You know that these guys, like coming in from uh, Spokane, getting to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ricky Venasco is going to be on the team. Um, did Blaine Krim make it? Did my he, boy? He did not. I think he's in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, so. Yeah, he might be. Yeah, I love my boy. Well, no, no, he might. I think actually, I think I had a hard time choosing between him and Curtis Terry. I just chose Curtis Terry because he's a big, beefy guy that you want to see in person. You know, that's yeah. that's why I put him on my as, as my first baseman. So. Size Terry. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun to see. That's going to be a lot of fun to see. So yeah, I think these guys, it, it, they come in and it gets them fired up, and then they can go back to their, you know crappy little stadiums next year and, and, and it motivates them a little bit more just to get better and, and uh, yeah. get ready to be called up to the next level. So kudos to the Rangers for doing that. Please, if you have the opportunity, go out and watch these guys play. Uh, you can see them for free. You can take the whole dang family. That's it, that's something everybody needs to do. My man Blaine Krim totally made it. Yeah. Mwah. Yeah. yeah. Love him. Curtis Terry also made it. They're both on there. It, right. It's just, it's so cool. Oh. It's so cool. I mean, it's really cool. It's very, very fun. We read reports. I mean, gosh. I mean, uh, let's imagine that Laoti hadn't made it to Frisco mid-season this year. You know, we've read about Laoti for five years, four years, four years, four years. He's always been. He's either been in the Dominican. He's been up in in you know the Pacific Northwest. He's been out on the East Coast, and he's literally just a name that you, you know, are pinning, like, your future joy and fulfillment as a sports fan on. And he's just a name on the page. And then, like, oh, cool, this random day in the fall, 
he's going to be playing at the ballpark under the lights. You know, that's 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 really cool. And so like there's there's other names like that. Um, I don't know Cole Wynn and and uh, Curtis Terry. These guys that I mean, you, you know their bio and you know you'd maybe recognize them with, with a you know match the name to the face kind of deal. But these are these are kind of foreign entities in before our eyes. But we love them and mm-hmm. to get to bring all of these corners of the of the map here. Uh, I mean that's it's so cool. I hope that this is not the only year that they do this. Yeah, and it's basically a pile of like the it, like you were all saying. It's like a who's who of the Rangers' most interesting prospects. Right. You know, from Sam Huff getting up there to oh. like you said, Cole Wynn, Ricky Venasco. I mean, these guys are lower level to upper level. Um, you've you've got a good mix. Basically, everybody that we've talked about in this podcast as a kid that you should be kind of paying an eye on in your box scores and trying to make the trip to Frisco or if you're in the area down east or Hickory or whatever. All these kids are on there unless they're hurt uh, or playing in the AZL. So, like, you know, Hans Kraus is another because he's going to get that surgery to clean up his elbow. Kraus Bubba. has been fine despite having an inability to throw his best pitch. He's been and Bubba fine. Thompson won't be there because he was injured most of the season. They felt like he needed the reps in the Arizona Fall Leagues. So that's the only mm-hmm. reason he's not there. But uh, there's only one thing about this that made me a little sport sad. Think about the guys who didn't get picked to be on this team. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're making some strides or you're trying to hang on to your, your hopes of making the majors. Oh, I didn't make the future scan. I I think basically everybody who's anybody is somewhere between the AZL, uh, AZFL, sorry, and the futures camp or is in a position where Texas is like, no, you're kicking ass. You need a nap. <laughs> Go like that. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. you know, most of the guys who are left out of this list are probably some combination of hurt or in need of a break. And, you know, and there's only so many guys that you can play in six games right. or eight games anyway. So, right. Um, I, but this, but no Jeremy Profar, for example, he's probably. Oh no! <laughs> well, he, he's already played enough in Frisco. Like, yeah, be yeah. I think he's running for mayor now. Yeah, he's got stock <laughs> options in that ballpark. Uh, not on either of these rosters. Um, yeah, an interesting fringe guy. Uh, a dude that did pop up to me on this futures list um, that I wanted to talk about was Tyler Phillips. Oh yeah, uh, who tossed like a ten strikeout game in a, um, a playoff game for Frisco. Is that right? Yeah. Keep your eye on this kid. He's- I mean, Phillips has been a uh, crazy command, very interesting player for a while. Um, a 10-strikeout game from Tyler Phillips is out of the ordinary. And the last kid who had a double-digit strikeout game while being an interesting prospect who never quite made it all click uh, is currently one of Texas's better relievers, and that's Brett Martin. So it took Brett forever to figure it out, but he's been a very effective guy out of the pen for Texas this year. Um, I think Phillips yeah. has the big leagues written all over him. Uh, yeah. The people we've talked to. Yeah. yeah. He's just... I, I got to see yeah. him play just a, a few weeks ago. So... He, he's got big hair. He's fun. Right? He's got sweet lettuce. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't he? Maybe. Yeah. he cut it. I know his photos, he's got hair. I don't know if he still has it or not. Maybe he, he got it cut. That doesn't nah. stand out to me, but I would. that's not something I would have looked for either, so... We're all thankful that Colby Allard cut his hair, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of long hair. I I, I do I do love a, a good head, but uh, Colby, this is a much better look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's working for yeah, him. Keep it tight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Allard's uh, through two. Give it up one run. Razor a good team. 
it's been fun. I've been enjoying watching the Allard experience thus far. Absolutely. We, we were talking early season that the end of this year was going to be intriguing. We were thinking that we'd be getting some fun players coming back and Mike Miner trades, and then that Lance Lynn thing happened, and then neither of those guys got traded, but we still got to have fun in September. Yeah. So in, in cool. multiple nights a week. Like, it's not just Allard. We have Burke, too. Palumbo's on mm-hmm. his way back. Um, it's cool. Yeah. One interesting thing I saw, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, I think it was Levi that wrote this article for The Athletic, and he was talking about <clears throat> all the uh, former Rays players that are on the Rangers roster now <laughs> and, and what that means and how you wonder if, if it really means something to these guys. And, and the greatest quote I read was that Brock Burke, I mean, it, like just right after he got traded, he's looking at the Rangers' schedule and he's like counting and going, okay, I'm going to pitch in the last game of the Rays series. This is going to be awesome. And it got bumped back because they went with the um, – the bullpen game. Bullpen game. Yeah. yeah, but he wanted to he wanted to show these guys up and say, "Hey, look what you traded away, idiots!" And I thought that was pretty cool. It's a good yeah. mentality, I think. Yeah, a little, a little bit of fight to him. I like it. Uh, a little bit of fight too from just randomly uh, guys that we weren't excited maybe to be seeing pitching in September, but Johan Mendez actually completing his rehab and getting back up to the bigs again. I think there were pretty serious questions that he would never see a big league mound uh, with the timing of his injury. So he may never be a particularly great player, but props to him. Uh, and uh, he, hold, hold on, hold on, uh, just real quick on, on Mendez. If I think I understand this correctly, he did not spend enough time with the big league club to burn his, his, his exemption. So he, his we can still option. we can still float him in the minors next year. Isn't that right? If he has that option, I think that's huge for his career. He's not a kind of guy who's kind of really have a big future for him but if he's an optionable arm as a swing man that's useful for texas and it's good for his career yeah so i hope that's the case yeah also, another chance. made it back uh, from his injury which looked like it would be a career ender but he's sat in that bullpen and he's been whispering in players ears all year hopefully he's telling all of them how they can be traded for the josh hamiltons of 2020 <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But um, it's been cool to see him go out there and pitch a little bit of moxie. It's kind of fun. You know, he, yeah. he knows this is it for him. He's just kind of having fun out there. Um, I think there's something kind of inspiring about it. Yeah, that's your Texas Rangers. September is a weird time, but we're all still here. You know, I, yeah, I know the baseball sucks. The Rangers aren't very good. But in two weeks, that's it. And you're going to be sitting here in November, December, January wondering – when baseball starts back up again. So get your fill. Get them in there. The long dark begins soon. Yep. And and make your plans to go to the Futures Camp. Oh, yeah. And it's, go it's, it's going to be just as the great Rogers Hornsby once uh, said when asked, what do you do during the winter? And he said, I stare out the window and wait for spring. Yep. yep. That's what we're doing. It's Don't be that up. guy. Don't be Rogers. Actually, if you can be Rogers Hornsby, go be Rogers Hornsby, but with like less of the old-timey racism. So just be Rogers Hornsby, but also be in Frisco watching Futures Camp. Do it. Do, do it. Me. Send me all the photographs on Twitter and make me mad. Will do. And uh, got a shout-out for a friend who just recently uh, became a groupie of uh, Rangers Rundown. Shout-out to Whitney. Thanks for uh, listening. Yeah. Thanks, Whitney. Keep tuning in. Sorry. <laughs> Go Rangers! Go Rangers!